this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive on Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. So throughout the month of September, I'm going to be preaching on Jesus' parables. As you likely well know, a parable is a little story with a big meaning. Jesus loved to teach in parables. He loved to tell stories. Time and time again, sometimes people would ask Jesus a question and he'd respond by telling them a story. If you think about it, in a largely illiterate society, It made sense to talk about stories, to teach in stories. You can tell someone that God is love, but if you tell them a story that makes them feel it and think it, they'll remember it in a way like no other. And today, when Jesus offers his brief little parable here that I'm going to read in just a moment, it's just two verses, a tiny little story, um... Keep in mind that when Jesus tells the story, when he offers a parable, most of the time he's giving us like a comedian. He's dropping the punchline and waiting for people to get it. In fact, only once in the gospel does Jesus actually take time to explain what the parable means. Most of the time he drops the story and just waits for you to figure it out on your own. And so today, as it begins with a familiar pattern, the kingdom of heaven is like. Sometimes it says the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like a seed scattered on the ground, the kingdom of God is like a father with two sons, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who sows seed, the kingdom is like a woman searching for a lost coin, the kingdom of God is like a shepherd searching for a sheep. Coins, bread, wheat, sheep, family, weeds. This is everyday stuff, everyday things. This is how Jesus talks about God with everyday stuff and everyday things. The reign of God, he explains, with simple things, things we can understand. And I invite you to read along with me today. It's just two verses. Matthew's our storyteller. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It's the smallest of the seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air can come and make nests in its branches. So here's Jesus teaching. The kingdom of heaven is like. Now, if Jesus were to compare the kingdom of God to growing things, to something growing, I imagine everyone listening would have expected something strong, powerful, the kingdom of God, right? Powerful, strong, maybe like a cedar tree. A cedar tree is mentioned time and time again in scripture. It's strong, it's enduring, it has deep roots, it's a powerful tree. Ezekiel mentions the strength of a cedar in which every kind of bird and winged creature would find rest. 
A cedar is a downright biblical image that they know. And here is Jesus almost with a wink and a smile on his face saying the kingdom of heaven is like a tiny mustard seed. The surprise of that, the smallest of seeds that grows to the greatest of shrubs, that birds can nest in it. Kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, a tiny insignificant seed that grows into something big and wild that the birds enjoy. The punchline that we all sort of miss is that in that climate, in that part of the world, mustard is like a weed. It just, we might call it an invasive species, sort of like that time many years ago where I foolishly planted mint in my boxed garden because I love the smell of mint. And that mint took over that whole box. It actually jumped out of the box and was growing out of it. It was uncontainable. I could have provided mint for the Kentucky Derby. It was all over the place, uncontainable. Is that what Jesus is trying to say with this wild mustard, tenacious, uncontrollable, underestimated? That's what it's like. The kingdom of heaven is like that one tiny little seed. And watch it grow. And you never know to look at that seed, just a little something, a little almost nothing in your hand. If you were guessing what that seed would produce, you would predict something fragile, something small, not something as wild and strong and stubborn as a mustard plant. In fact, I often catch myself thinking small all the time. What can I do? I'm just one person. This will never work. It's not enough money. It's too hard, too big. Not enough people, not enough time, not enough energy. Small, small, safe. Keep it contained, Kara, right? Sometimes I fear that we ministers in our effort to try to make faith seem so appealing to people have accidentally preached a God that is too small, predictable, controllable. And here is Jesus saying, the kingdom of God is wild. It'll surprise you. I remember Will Willimon, he's the dean at Duke Divinity School and dean of the chapel there that worships on Duke's campus. And a Methodist pastor, very well known, and respected, and one day he wrote about a time he got a call from an angry father who was upset with him over something his daughter was planning to do, and his daughter had gone on a mission trip to Haiti with the Duke Chapel, and she had recently told her father that she had plans to postpone her graduate school, and she was going to volunteer with her Presbyterian church in Haiti for the next year. And this father was convinced she was throwing her life away. And he called up Willimon and he said, I hold you personally responsible for this. She's about to have a bachelor's of science degree from Duke University and she's going to go dig ditches in Haiti. And Willimon, who's not one to be pushed around, said, well, why are you blaming me? He said, well, you ingratiated yourself and filled her with all this religion stuff. And Willimon was quick to reply. He said, sir, Weren't you the one who made sure she was baptized? He said, yes. 
Did you bring her to Sunday school and church on Sundays? He said, yes, we did. Did you let her go on those mission trips in middle school and high school? He said, yes, I did, but what does that have anything to do with this? And he said, sir, you are the reason she's throwing her life away because you introduced her to Jesus, not me. The seed of faith. The seed of faith had been planted in her life long before. What can we expect? That's how the kingdom works. Jesus is talking about power and strength and tenacity with an image the people didn't plan on. There's no parades, no military might. He doesn't tell a story of wealth or even physical strength or even choose an image they would know as strong, like a cedar. The kingdom of God is like a little mustard seed. There he is using an image of everyday things and everyday people, a tiny, often underestimated seed. How often, I wonder, has God called me to kingdom work and I said no because I wanted the safe and familiar? How often have I underestimated the power of God at work? How often? Have I missed an opportunity to grow more fully into the person God is calling me to be? Because I wanted small, safe. And what Jesus calls us to is wild. Maybe Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, about God's reign with everyday things and everyday people so that we, us, can find God and everyday things, and everyday people to teach us to have eyes to look and to see where the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Because if God is in the midst of messy families with messed up younger sons and angry older brothers, if God is like a woman who never stops searching, if God is like a seed planted in the ground, then maybe Maybe we will see God at work in our own messy lives. A couple of summers ago, I was directing the first and second grade camp at Camp Kumbaya. It's a little weekend camp. It's designed to be the campers' first experiences of camp, and they encourage those campers to come with their family to be a part of this. And as the weekend was going on, I didn't realize it, but... I was talking with one of the adults there. She was a grandmother herself and was there at camp with her little camper for the very first time. It was both of their first time experience at church camp. And as we were talking, I, she told me that she actually wasn't related to her camper that she had brought, that he was, um, went to church with her. She said, actually, I got to know him because I was his grandmother's home health nurse. And for months, I was going into their house, and I got to know uh, his grandmother and my little buddy here, and we all became friends. And somewhere along the way, grandmother shared that it broke her heart, that she was doing the best she could with her grandson, but she wasn't able to see to it that he made it to church on Sundays. And this woman told me, she said, well, I realized, well, I, that's something I could do. I could bring him to church and I had to laugh because 
she was in way deeper, knee deep in the ranch dip, as they say. She was at Camp Kumbaya in the hot, sweaty sun, sleeping on maybe, I don't know, three, four inches mattress, if you're lucky, there in her 60s at camp for the very first time. And she was bringing him to camp. And you know what? I was, thank God for once, I didn't miss it. Thank God for once in my life, I had the moment of recognition in that very moment, standing there in the dining hall while she was gluing cross popsicle sticks with her favorite camper. I saw it. The kingdom of heaven is like a woman who brings a kid to church. Amen. Amen.